0: afternoon sports fans fill up that coffee cup and that bowl sit back and relax it's time for a sports offensive fantasy baseball special Hello out there, sports fans, and thanks for tuning in to a special fantasy-themed episode of the Sports Offensive. We're getting down to the nitty-grit, folks. The drafts are coming up even maybe even this weekend, if not next weekend. Don't forget, games start on the 28th of March, which is just two weeks, I believe, from this coming Thursday. So uh, get those drafts done. Get your cheat sheets done. Make sure you have some kind of a list to draft off of. I'm not saying you have to make a huge, complicated list with all sorts of tiers and all sorts of uh, round predictions and things like that. But at least at the very, very, very least, have yourself a top 300 list so you just don't forget about a player. And remember, when you're a pick away uh, or when you've made a pick and then you've got, let's say, if you're like pick six and you've got 10 picks between your current pick and your next pick, that whole time you should be counting down about 20 players and identifying the three you want most. And as those players are ticked off, of course you can cross them off and then and then look at more backups. But it's always a good idea to be well prepared for your next pick, yet you don't want to get stuck uh, grasping for someone because you weren't prepared and the three guys you wanted were gone and you didn't have any backup plan for that, and so you just panic and grab whoever you think you know looks good to you. Uh, you can screw up your drafting philosophy. You can uh, derail a really good draft by missing out uh, on a pick, and especially if that happens in the first, let's say, ten picks, that can really derail your draft. So uh, I'm sure you recognize my voice, uh, Mark Demas, from the Sports Offensive, uh, sitting across from me. I've got uh, Nate Dog from South Dakota. Nate, how are things going for you today?
1: Good, buddy. Uh, so glad to be here, and uh, I think think this is going to be fun for our listeners a little uh little interactive uh fantasy work here so yeah i think you know we'll we'll try to go through and maybe talk about some of our strategies or just maybe some of the strategies that are out there for different types of leagues um i think we'll go through a bunch of different players i know we're going to try to focus on pitching uh do a little bit of outfield if we can get to it Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, sleepers, bus, and, uh, just throw some names out there, how we feel about them and, uh, you know, maybe what we would rank them compared to, you know, like ESPN. So, um, yeah, it's going to be fun and, uh, please feel free to, uh, you know, look on it and, uh. Look at some of our uh, past shows. Listen to some of our past shows. Look at some of the videos that have been up uh, of me opening some wax packs. And, uh, of course, uh, Kayla's coming on the show this weekend. And uh, so stay tuned or tune in for that. And, uh,
0: yeah, let's talk some fantasy, buddy. So I think. One of the first things to like kind of discuss with pitching, and of course, like Nate was saying, you can go listen to our previous, I think, five episodes we've been doing fantasy. So we've done catcher, first, second, shortstop, and third base. We've covered those positions. We actually covered a bit of outfield as well last week. So uh, usually we do this near the end of our shows so that you can kind of fast forward to that point if you want to hear that. So again, you can go to our website at thesportsoffensive.com. You can also look up the Sports Offensive with JP and Mark on Blog Talk Radio and catch our previous episodes there. Now, the reason we're going to focus on pitching is because we haven't talked about pitching at all. And pitching is complex because depending on what kind of a league you are in, it makes a big difference on the kind of pitchers you want to get and when you need to get them. Now, we play in a points league. I only do one fantasy league because baseball is so in-depth and so uh, deep that I really don't have time to do multiple leagues. Yep. Uh, one thing that's big is baseball is twice as important to be following the waiver wire as it is in football. You're going to get injuries. You're going to get people in slumps. You're going to get people who are suspended. Heck, another guy got suspended today uh, for drug use. So these things are all going to happen. You're going to see players Who's that? drop out. Uh, I forget the name. I, 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 you have to look it up. Okay. It's, I mean, um, it's not a huge name. I, uh, I it was just the last name. I just saw another guy got suspended for 80 games. So my whole point was just be aware that you're not going to be able to depend on just what you draft early. Now, if you are doing a rotisserie league and rotisserie, remember, that's where you accumulate, accumulate stats over the entire course of a season. And wherever you rank among the teams, you get that point value. So if there's 12 teams and you have the number one hitting team batting average-wise, you get 12 points. And there's usually about 10 or 15 or 20 statistics total, and you get a ranking in each one of those. And whoever has the highest overall value rankings and the power, basically, power rankings, is, is who wins those leagues. The second kind of uh, league is a head-to-head league where you are playing categories. So it's essentially doing a rotisserie league, but you're doing it each week. And whoever has the most uh, power ranking points that week between you and your opponent then wins that one. Uh, And then there is what we play, which is a pure points league. And this means that every stat that is on our counting block, and we count a lot of stats, both positive and negative points, go into your final score. So understand that we're going to be skewing that direction, where it's more about points used. Now, we also have a caveat in our league that may be different from yours that is that you can set your lineup once per week. So two-start pitchers are huge because you start them, you get both of their starts. You don't have the option of putting someone in on Wednesday or Thursday or swapping guys out every day to get all the starts possible. Let me
1: rephrase that. Good pitching
0: two-start pitchers are huge. (laughs) Yeah, I would say, boy, against me, most people who start crappy pitchers with two starts end up getting about 45 points or so. So, uh, I'm going to track that this year. That'd be something that'd be nice to track. I, I'm just curious staggering.
1: how often that my opponent gets 20 points or let's say 25 plus from a two start guy when I get less than that. Like, I, yeah. you know, it just seems like it, it's just so funny. You always, you, always look, at the the ne- yeah, you always look at the negative things and, it, and I'm sure it probably all evens out in the end, but it'll be interesting to track.
0: Yeah. I'd also like to accumulate as many extra starts as as I see other teams do. Um, I last year, I just lose starts. That's it. Well, I was determined last year to get five number ones and I came pretty close. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think three of those number ones ended up, bottoming out to becoming threes and fours for their teams. Most notably John gray, who of course, now that I, I mean, I, I, I couldn't even imagine taking him again because I feel like the promise has not been fulfilled, but of course he's rocketing up those draft boards as people are saying, he looks good in spring training and you know, da, 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 da. well, you know what? I, I don't think I'll fall for that again. Probably means I'll have a great year, but I'm just not going to go for it again. <laughs> but uh, I, I am kind of of the philosophy based in our league You've said before that you feel like, for the most part, hitting is going to be a wash. It may not be, depending on a certain week, and if you have some guy, uh, you know, occasionally you're going to play an opponent that has four guys score 40 points or more. Well, it, you're going to have trouble beating those. It's like having a guy that scores 40 or 50 in fantasy football. It just, it gives you such a such an advantage, it's hard to catch up. But in our league, if you were to have a complete game shutout, you'll get 10 points for the for the win. You'll get 10 points for the shutout, and, or, and you'll get 15 points for the complete game or 10 points for the complete game, mm, plus you get a point for every strikeout, you get a point and a half for every inning pitched, and you lose a point for every home run given up or walk issued. Or run. Or run given up. So, uh, you know, if you get a complete game shutout, obviously there's no home runs, there's no uh, Typically runs.
1: Typically, they're around 50 points.
0: Typically. Yeah. And if you get a no hitter, it's closer to 70 to 90 points uh, based on if it's a perfect game or a no hitter. Yeah. So just to give you an idea of kind of how the point system works for our, our, our league. um, If you're pitching, you know, you get five pitching slots. If you have a reliever that qualifies as a starter or a starter that qualifies as a reliever, you can put that starter in the reliever spot and not have relievers or not have two relievers and have more starters. That is allowed. Again, again, One thing I will caution against is if you try to do the philosophy I did of getting five number one pitchers as your stalwarts and then getting, you know, three to four to five uh, starters in reserve just in case, what you can end up having happen is those number one starters are all going to get two starts on the same weeks throughout most of the season. And that's not a good thing. That can cause a major problem because all of a sudden you're stuck with six pitchers or seven pitchers with two starts on these same weeks, and the other weeks you have one if you're lucky. And that can make it really difficult to compete when you've got people who are streaming in different levels of pitchers who can do different levels of or get multiple starts. So, again, this is kind of a background so you kind of understand what we're going to be dealing with or how we're going. So what we'd like to do is we'd like to kind of just run through the list uh, on ESPN. Again, we use the list by AJ Mass because he does the one for uh, point leagues. And we are pro- predominantly focusing on point leagues. Uh, I know some people still love rotisserie or love doing category leagues. I'm not dissing them at all. If you like that, go for it. And they are, they can be fun, especially if you're just doing it uh, for are just a, for It's S&Gs. a bigger commitment, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Usually you have to change your Uh, lineups every day. And I am not a fan of that. In fact, when we first started this league, we were kind of thrown off by the fact that it had just one set of starts or you started your, you set your lineup once per week and we weren't really prepared for that. And it kind of shocked everyone. But I tell you what, after, after one year, we realized how beneficial that was. And I now couldn't even contemplate doing a league. In fact, I, I helped a friend of mine control two of his leagues while he was out of internet range for two Mm -hmm. weeks. And just in those two weeks, I was just flustered beyond belief. I, I was so frustrated. And, yes, you can set your lineup ahead of time. You can set the next five days ahead. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't change the fact that if there's injuries or starts or whatever, um, you know, people are like get angry that you didn't switch people out. And in our league, if you have an injury, well, you just have an injury for that week. So um, I'm not a huge fan of those types of leagues. But if you do like them, I'm not criticizing them. Uh, I just don't really have time to do multiple ones anyway and I'm I'm sure this case is the same for you Nate I mean it's just how many hours a night can you really spend de- dedicated to a fantasy sport if you've got a job a family uh, chores what have you so
1: yeah this is just it's just better suited to our lifestyle this this type of of league so yeah and I I know, I, I encourage you to look at all the different types of leagues out there because there's more To it. I mean, those are kind of the basic formats, but there's a lot of different spins kind of on the different you know, the scoring, the head to head and the rotisserie that are out there. So if you like scoring a lot of points, you know, you might want to look at a league like ours, or if you kind of are a little bit more averse to that and want to, you know, do some like rotisserie stuff, then do it. And as Mark mentioned, you know, that rotisserie stuff, it's a big commitment. So you're setting your lineup daily. So keep that in mind ahead of time that, uh, that's something that you need to look at every morning when you wake up, and probably when you go to bed at night as well. So it's probably at least a two a day, you know, type commitment where you're really taking some time to set your lineup, making sure that somebody's not injured because you know you have the wrong guy in there f- for one day. It could blow your ERA for the month out of proportion. So that's, and that's, a, that's huge a really piece.
0: important point. Is that rotisserie leagues are usually year long. So you're right. If you have that guy in there. Who you forget to take him out, and he's not, and he's going up against a lineup of left-handed hitters, and he's not good against lefties, and it's in a small bandbox ballpark, and the guy gives up twelve runs over three innings. Yep. You know what? You're gonna have to deal with that twelve-run ERA disaster the rest of your year. And a rotisserie league often has caps on either number of starts or innings pitched. Yep. So you know, a late-season gem um, that you may find, you may not even be able to start them a lot. So you do have to pay very, very close attention. Again, another reason I like a, week to, a it, weekly league. Right. It's all about quantity or quality, not quantity in those
1: rotisserie leagues. So when you start a guy, you really want to make sure, you know, is this a pitcher's ballpark? Is this a good matchup for him? You know, like look at those peripherals as much as you can because, you know, as Mark mentioned, if you have one start where the guy goes in, pitches a third of an inning and gives up eight runs, that can ruin your whole month.
0: So. If you had Chan Ho Park pitching for you against the Cardinals that one year, uh, I mean, the guy uh, gave uh, up two grand slams uh, and one in inning. An inning. Uh, so that's a uh, that's gonna hurt you long, long term. You know that that those two teams I was covering for a friend, uh, he was actually in rehab for marijuana. I didn't even know you could go to rehab for marijuana. You I mean, what is, what is what is, what, is where, what what is rehab for marijuana? Just like you don't get to have Cheetos and and Ding Dongs for uh, a few weeks, I or yes, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying you can't be addicted to weed. Of course, you can. But the addiction isn't hard to break. Right. I mean, if you can't quit smoking,
1: I think it's more like a, a psychological thing sure. than it is a physical thing.
0: Right. The physical addiction is very small. It's definitely. Yeah. A sh- I mean, it's for me. I think it's more. It's more just like a stress stress-inducing thing, because now you're not relieving stress anymore. Right. So uh, right. of so that's causing problems. Uh, we actually have a co-worker who has quit uh, smoking completely, and uh, their skin has been breaking out a lot, and I think the breakouts are coming from stress. <laughs> so uh, yep. anyway, uh, as we always say in the tagline for opening the show, you know, the, the, fill up that coffee cup and fill up your bowl. Definitely advise filling up that bowl, but maybe not when you're drafting. Maybe get through those first 10 rounds or so. Uh, another thing that I'd like to mention, and I, I know we're both in agreement on this, your draft, you know, you can screw it up in the first, let's say, six or seven picks if you really blow it out. But if you crush those first six or seven picks, that doesn't mean you're done. That doesn't mean you've won. Because in baseball, it is a long grind. It is a marathon. It is not a sprint. You are going to need people and occasionally you'll see somebody in our league that drafted so well, they only make like 15 roster moves all season. Mm-hmm. But it's rare. Usually the teams in the playoffs have made 50 to 60 roster moves in a season. A lot of times picking up that guy just because he looks like he might be getting on a hot streak. Right. And it's worth grabbing him because if they are hot and you throw them in there, they can give you a good week and give you a win. Uh, one of our best league players who's one who has won more than one title, more than a few titles, they stream pitchers like crazy in especially the last two slots on their pitching rotation and do very well. But you have to do a lot of research. And when Nate said like sometimes checking things before you go to bed, that's not a joke. You don't want to be the person that went to bed and didn't look. And the next morning, the guy that goes into the office at four and has an hour and a half to kill in the morning when he doesn't really do his job is the guy who's going to grab those players that you're going to want. So most leagues, I know CBS for sure, which is the one that I would recommend their baseball, fantasy baseball, is fantastic. Their other league, uh fantasy leagues, are terrible. But, boy, they do baseball right. And they've always got a list of the most added and most dropped players every yep. day. It's updated. You need to be looking at that every day. You should already know those players before you look at that. But never go a single day without checking out that kind of a list. Whether you do it here, whether you do it on Fantasy Pros, whether you do it on Roto League, whatever it is you want to go to go somewhere and see who people are adding because you may not have heard of this guy. I would also recommend something that I have not done the last couple of years and I will be doing this year. And that is at least every other night watching baseball tonight, Um, getting an idea for what's going on. If you don't do that, you can sometimes get to a point where you're not paying attention to certain players who have had a nice little run and you don't look at them yet. Somebody picks them up and all of a sudden a Cody Bellinger, for example, right. Or a Max Muncie, both for the Dodgers the last two years. Yeah. You know, you Huge snag those guys ups. off of waiver wires, and thirty-five home runs later, you're, you see yourself in a title game because yep. you, you you filled a hole, especially if you if you can slip, slip these guys into a middle infield, corner infield, utility or DH slot, mm-hmm. where you're usually having kind of semi-good players, and you can suddenly add a, a stud that makes a, just a massive difference. So. Yep. Anyway, let's jump into pitching. So we're going to review the top 100 pitchers for ESPN. Not saying we're going to hit them all, but we'd like to at least review some of them, get an idea of what we feel about these rankings. Number one ranking is Chris Sale for pick number eight. Now, I don't know who the best pitcher in baseball is. I would probably lean on Jake DeGrom myself, but uh, Chris Sale, number one at eight. Max Scherzer, number two at 10. So, Nate, first question. Who's your number one? Well, it's a good question.
1: I think the most successful pitcher over the past three years is Max Scherzer. As far as, you know, just the sheer number of strikeouts, the number of wins, uh, the amount of innings, you know, that he that he just he doesn't ever get hurt. You know, that's a huge part. Um, But, yeah, I mean, he's always got 250 to 300 strikeouts. You know, he's always right around 20 wins. Uh, and I, you know, I see the Nationals will we'll tef- definitely take a step back this year, but I still think they're better than people think. And having those two guys, Scherzer and Strasburg, at the head of that rotation is certainly going to help their, you know, help their outlook. But uh, that's my number one guy currently, barely over sale. And the only... You know, the only reason I have him there is just his consistency, like I said, over the past three years. I think the upside with Sale is a little bit greater because I believe the Red Sox are probably the best team in the major leagues, if not the best, real close to that, obviously coming off the World Series win. So that always helps with the wins. You know, when you have a guy that can go in there and give you six or seven innings every time and always strike out eight to
0: ten guys, you know, that's hard to pass I, that guy up. I think what's critical with Scherzer is he has pitched 220 innings or more looks like six of the last seven years and the, and the year he didn't, it was still over 200. Yeah, uh, Being over 200 innings pitched for seven years, six years, listen to this Going back seven years to 2012, here's his win totals. <laughs> 16, 21, 18, 14, 20, 16, 18. Only one of those years did he have more than single-digit losses. In fact, only one of those years did he have more than seven. So there's a huge key. You're so, not losing points on on losses. You're getting points on wins. Wins are not something you can usually count on for a pitcher. That And, and that brings
1: up a really important point because – Again, in early wins are so huge, but it's just one of those things that's just really difficult to predict, you know. Yeah, you think a Chris Sale is going to get 20 wins because he's on such a great team and he pitches well. But, <laughs> right. you know, you still, you just never know. I mean, look at DeGrom's year last year. The guy was, I mean, that was an epic year. Epic year. One of the best ERAs ever. Yeah. In the history of baseball. I mean, under two. That's amazing. He, yeah, in the Him history Herschel, of baseball. The only two I can remember. Yeah, and then Bob Gibson, right, in 68. Oh, right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, for a guy to be able to pull that off, but then you look and see, I think he only had 10 wins. Was it 10 or was it even nine? So, Who are we talking about? Degrom.
0: Oh, DeGrom. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, you you have a guy like that who gets you 250 strikeouts. He was 10-9. and There you go. Yeah, with a
0: 1.7 ERA and a .91 whip. And how many strikeouts did he have? Meanwhile, there are the Uh, new... um. Sorry, ESPN loves to do that, start a video when I don't, that I don't care to see.
1: Um, <laughs> strikeouts, 269. So that, I mean, that's those are staggering numbers, obviously. You look at the strikeouts, you look at the ERA, the whip, it's just all pretty
0: ridiculous. So Especially when you think that the whip and ERA were significantly higher the year before, and he had 15 wins. Yeah, so at the top of the draft like this,
1: it is really difficult to predict wins. So I think the best option is really to go after the guy that's the most consistent, because Mm -hmm. if you got a guy, even if he's on a bad team, like DeGrom was last year, he still gives you 269 strikeouts and 10 wins. I mean, I don't know where he placed to finish the season as far as fantasy goes in our league, but I would venture to guess he was a top
0: 10, if not a top five guy. Probably, and I would say that what's nice about a guy like this, if you look at strikeouts and low whip, if you get those two things together, ERA is not a great indicator. I think FIP is the one that gives you the ERA that's more accurate. It does, Uh, yes. Fielding, or I don't even know what it stands for, to tell you the truth. I don't either. Uh, Something in play or in park or something like that. Anyway, it it tries to remove the defense, which screws up ERAs. right. So a low ERA is fantastic it's impressive. You can't have a low ERA without being dominant. But you can have a higher ERA with bad luck. It's like it's like the be a uh, batting average for balls in play. If that's really low a guy has a bad year, but he may have been just fine. He just had bad luck. I mean luck mm-hmm. does matter in baseball a lot because you know what if you hit one grain higher on the baseball bat that fly ball to right field becomes a home run to dead center. I mean it just it is that it's that much a game of inches, centimeters, millimeters that make a difference in baseball. We've talked many times about the distance, the 90 feet being such a magical distance. It it's worked incredible. out just perfect. It's incredible. Uh, and you look at the mound now, they're talking about moving the mound back two feet uh, and dropping it by an inch just because of pitching being too dominant, which is funny when you consider there was more home runs at last year than ever in, in the history of the game. I think moving the mound back is silly, but I could see him moving it down Right. I would rather that than yes. moving it back. As yes. soon as you move it back, now you're just messing with distances. You might end up ruining careers because these guys are now throwing the ball further. So instead of throwing a 101 mile hour right. fastball, it's now a 996 right. mile hour fastball. It's just you're, you're going to screw too many things up for people who have spent their, been their the, whole life and playing And the pitchers these days, I mean,
1: they're all 6'5", 6'6". <laughs> so, I mean, having the mound up as high as it is, it's just a complete complete advantage sure. for the pitcher. So, I re- in my opinion, that's a huge thing that 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 Manfred should be looking at is lowering the mound. I think it's going to it's going to make, you know, baseball more exciting uh, it'll bring in more peripheral fans. You know, there's going to be more run score that type of thing. Yeah. No, so. I,
0: I I know that they I know that they're definitely considering it. Yeah. So, um, we'll see what happens as far as sale. Just to give you kind of a perspective, he is a similar to uh Scherzer in terms of getting nice wins. But what he doesn't do is he doesn't limit losses to single digits all the time. He's got in the last seven years, he's got three years over ten. And his wins are not nearly as impressive. He goes Mm -hmm. from 17 to 11 to 12 to 13 to 17 to 17 to 12. And you could say, well, yeah, a lot of those years were on the White Sox. You know what? Granke spent a lot of years on the Royals when they were terrible and he won. Lindseykum spent a lot of years on San Francisco when they were terrible and he won. You know, the pitcher can still, you know, he can put, put himself in position for wins. And we'll say it again. In- innings pitched that's huge get a guy your 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 ace needs to be a 200 inning guy should be your first three pitchers honestly should be 200 inning guys aim for that durability and pitching long enough into games to get the win so many games these days the winning run is not scored until the sixth or the seventh inning yep so try and true. try and do that and you know what look at the bullpen that the guy has if they are playing on an extremely strong bullpen team you may not get as many wins. You may lose good chances because the, the manager says, hey, we're ahead by a run. He looks great. He's still fresh. I'm going to pull him out now. He's going to be even better for his next start.
1: Or or he does get more wins because the bullpen's good too, right? Because right. They, they've they built the lead. You know, he pitched 7-8 strong, walks out with a 2 nothing lead, and they're able to hold
0: it. Right. I mean, you know, you're, you're the Yankees, and you've got to roll this Chapman and uh, Brad Hand or whatever it is for your two closers. Uh, you know, or I I can't remember who their their setup guy is. It's an amazing. They have
1: Batansis and they have uh, they a, oh Ode, Zach and Zach, Zach Britton. Britton. Yeah, and so
0: you know, going having Britton in the eighth and then Chapman in the ninth. If you get through those six innings with a, with any kind of a lead, they just need a guy. They just need to find a pitcher to get through one inning. And you're going to get the rest of it closed out. So yep. bullpen matters. Bullpen matters. So what do we what do we what have we assessed so far? You want a high inning count pitcher. Mm-hmm. You want a high strikeout. Number per nine pitcher, and you want a pitcher uh, with a good bullpen for the most part. I mean, I, I think that you're right. I think that the wins that you benefit from the bullpen will outnumber the the wins you you miss. Absolutely. Of the How many times last year or in the past years have
1: you have you had a win where you're like, or you think you have a win? You know, your guy pitches six strong, has ten strikeouts, comes out of the game, he's up four to nothing. And next thing you turn your head and he's down five to four and there goes your
0: 10. Right. Your or ten or points. he gives up one walk. So the manager yanks him, puts in a reliever who then gets up a hit, a hit, a home run and boom, you're now all of a sudden your guys. And, and if it happened to be yep. a, a dueling shutout, zero to zero game, you're now on the hook for the loss. Right. So uh, anyway, do you keep all those things in mind? So, the top five that they have on the list here, uh, Chris Sayles, Scherzer, Jacob deGrom, Justin Verlander. What a resurgence in his career. He was amazing last year. I think he was a third-ranked pitcher in our league in total again, points. on a very good team. Yeah. And then Clayton Kershaw, they still have him at number five. Uh, is there anything about that other than Scherzer first that you have a... Is there any big problem you have with that top five?
1: No. I mean... Kershaw, we all know. I mean, the guy—if he's healthy—he could be the best pitcher in baseball again, very easily. I mean, what is he? Thirty-one? Is he even that old?
0: He is thirty-one
1: on the 31. nose. Thirty-one. So, yeah, I—you know—the guy could come out and just be a dominator, especially on a team like the Dodgers where they have all that talent. How so. interesting
0: is this? You've got Corey Kluber coming after Kershaw, so that's number six on the list. Yeah. Listen to the ages of these guys: twenty-nine, thirty-four, thirty. 36, 31, 32. Yep. Experience matters in pitching, folks. Yep. The, the the super fastball that moves side to side isn't worth a whole lot if you don't know where to place it. An, another these guys know. Another thing that we haven't
1: addressed is, and, and I'm sure we'll talk about it more as we get down the list, but there's a a ton of young guys that are supposed to be great, right? Well, one thing that a lot of people don't think about is, the innings limit that will come about with some of these guys. You know, even though they may be in the minors early on in the season and they're pulled up in June, you know, by the time September rolls around, they're very often very close already to 180, 200 innings. Right. And they probably haven't done that before or have very rarely done that. And so oftentimes they will be, A, moved to the bullpen, B sent down to the minors, or C shut down completely,
0: or even could be
1: worse than those. It's and,
0: he pi- and he ends up
1: pitching and not does and doesn't do well. Or I was thinking never allowed to
0: go past the fifth inning. Oh right. And yes. that makes it hard to get those whole... wins. Even if you pitched a great five innings, you're not going to get that many strikeouts in five innings, right? Unless you yes. just really are fireballing. You're probably going to lose three or four strikeouts. Uh, you're going to lose a, a lot of chances. A lot of times you won't, your team may not have scored yet. Yep. You know, like I said, a lot of runs these days come in the sixth, seventh, and eighth inning, man. Yeah. And like it's like the ninth inning. It's like the last drive in football. Why in the world it's so hard to win that? I don't understand. I don't know if people just get amped Stop up, pressure, if they get excited, or yeah, maybe it's just pressure. Maybe people just can't handle the moment. It's pressure. But uh, my think. goodness, it's it's incredible how much, how often when you don't have a good closer that that ninth inning becomes yep. a disaster. Yep. So I, I think we can both say this top six, even though you may have your personal uh, uh, pr- preferences and you can move guys around. I don't think many people could argue with that top five, outside of the possibility of Kershaw's early in you know pain in his shoulder. I think it was. Uh, in the spring training, beginning of spring training, and his back problems the last yeah, few I, years. I mean, they're probably all interchangeable, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I have, I, I do have this recurring fantasy of Clayton Kershaw falling to the sixth round or something like that in our draft, and picking him, and then just having him go off and having a, another, you know, a, a fantastic mm-hmm. Kershaw style year, win, win sixteen games, and I think know, somebody's two hundred thirty strikeouts. Somebody's going to get a steal with him this year. I have a feeling. You think he falls below the third round? Is there? And, and, Possibly, yeah. Without any more injury news coming out. No. Yeah, I think too. In fact, I think he rises back. If he doesn't have any other setbacks, he goes back into the second round, I think. Yes, I agree Late with second, that. early third. I agree with that. So
1: you know, we did, want, you know, I, I wanted to touch a little bit on some strategy as well. And, you know, one thing that I've employed in the past few years is I will draft those young pitchers. And I will do, you know... I'm I'm hoping that they have a strong start and then I will try to flip one of those guys before the end of the season and try to get maybe, you know, a hitter where I'm missing one or bring in a strong reliever or, you know, maybe a guy that I think might have a bad, that is having a bad first half, but I might believe he's going to rebound in the second half, sure. you know, and, and sometimes I have success with that. and Sometimes I don't, but uh, it's something to certainly keep in mind um you know moving through the season as you approach August and September is this pitcher going to be somebody that you're going to be able to start and you know weighing that value earlier on in the season yeah you may have to you may have to trade him mid June and he may get another month monster month and you might kick yourself right but then when August rolls around and he's kind of only pitching a few innings and you picked up a hitter that's hitting you know well then you can pat yourself on the back. So I don't know, just some things to consider. I mean, with with fantasy baseball, there's just so many different transactions and moves to make all the time. And I think the
0: more active you are, the more successful you'll be. Mm -hmm. I really believe that. Mm -hmm. I agree with that 100%. And I do think that you have to look deeper on a pitcher than just how they're performing. Uh, I can tell you that I personally have, I've had Corey Kluber, and the guy actually had a phenomenal season, but he was very frustrating because he would either do would very well yeah. Or, yeah, or he would just do bad. Yep. And it's, there's nothing more disheartening when you when you don't have a lineup where you set multiple days, you just set it one day a week. You have that pitcher, your ace, and he goes out there and throws a you know, throws a uh, stinker and you're just frustrated all week because now the guy that was supposed to be your anchor screwed you. Whereas I've had Max Scherzer twice, and I can tell you without question Max Scherzer, Boy, is it rare to be disappointed.
1: Well, and that's I think that's exactly why Kluber is number six, because yeah. that's where you draw the line on the tiers. Yeah, you know, probably. And,
0: you know, Kluber
1: does have that tendency to go out and give up six, seven runs from time to time. With those top five guys that we mentioned, you really don't see that with those guys very rarely. Yeah, so he, does, that, he does have a penchant for
0: doing yeah, that. Yeah, he
1: does. So, I mean, that's, you know, something to consider when you're drafting Corey Kluber for sure. So
0: as we go into the next three, I think these are a really good threesome to really pay attention to because you can get these guys without getting you know the, one of those top-tier guys. But there's another option is if you are willing to take a second pitcher in the top four rounds, you might be able to get two of these guys. You get a Scherzer and then one of these other three guys, you got one hell of a start to your rotation. Absolutely. It's a risk because the hitting is only – really assured up top. I mean, tr- hitting drops off dramatically. Yep. You can still get very, very good hitters in the in the rounds after the first two or three, but you're not going to get those elite 20, 20, 30, 30 uh 40 dinger type guys with a with a decent average. Those guys are just gone. I mean, they're talking about George Springer falling to the third this round this year, or maybe the fourth, and him being an immense value because people have just overstated his injury problems. That's how quickly it's down to – I mean, if you, have, if you haven't done a draft before, this is your first one, you need to do a couple of mock drafts. Not really to decide your draft strategy. That needs to be done on your own. But what you do need to do is you need to realize how fast talent drains are going to be at each position and where you're going to find yourself in trouble. You do a few drafts and you find out, you know what? If I don't take a first baseman or a second baseman in the top five rounds, I'm not getting a good one or I'm taking, I'm taking a shot on a guy and hoping that he produces. Absolutely. You may have to always punt a position. In fact, you may have to punt two in baseball. It's just how it goes if you want to have a strong pitching staff. And I, for one, am a champion of a strong pitching staff. The stronger my staffs are, usually the less headaches I have throughout the year in terms of those games where they just got away from you. Yep. Oh, I lost just by twelve, you know, 23 points, which you can say 23 points is a lot. That's a grand slam. I mean, or a cycle or... Uh, you know, one really good start and uh, uh, a closer win or a closer save, Yep, you could have made up that that shortfall. So it, it does make a big difference. These three pitchers I'm referring to are Aaron Nola of the Philadelphia Phillies who busted out last year, Garrett Cole of the Houston Astros, who I don't know if I would say he busted out last year because he's had good years before, but uh, he looks like he is well-suited to that team. And the other one is Louis Severino of the New York Yankees. The Yankees have done nothing but beef up an impressive lineup over this last year. Yep. They are deep. In that. I mean, their lineup is super deep. Their bench is deep. They've got one of the best bullpens in baseball. We talked already about Betances, Britton, and Rolvis Chapman, and your 7 your seven, eight, nine? Yep. No one's going to score in the 7-8-9. That's why Louis Severino had 19 wins last year. Because as long as he got out there and could go six innings, you were probably going to get outscored. You were. So he's only 25 years old. He's not hit 200 innings yet, although both of the last two years he was within 10 innings of hitting 200. This could be the year that he hits 200, or he could still sit around 180, 190 because of that bullpen. But there's really no reason to think that he can't pile up a lot of wins. He had 220 strikeouts. Cole had 270 strikeouts. Aaron Nola 224. So I would gravitate towards Cole. Cole's on a very good team. They've won their division multiple years. They may not even have um, did they they won it this year over Oakland, right? Oakland was a wild card, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Nola is, you know, Nola pitches for the Phillies, who are a much improved team. That that lineup looks dominating. But the biggest factor on all three of these guys that I think you need to be aware of is the age. 25, 25, and 28. Cole was the older one. 25 and 25 for Nola and Severino. Young guys don't tend to break down as much. And if you've got a young guy that knows how to pitch already, yep. that's the that's your secret weapon. That's your amazing number two that can win the whole thing for you. So uh, to me, all three of these guys are the perfect position on this draft list. And I would love any of them as my number two. As my number one, yep. I would be a little bit less sure but I wouldn't be unhappy.
1: Yeah, it depends on your strategy. Um, you know, I know we sit here and we talk about hitters kind of being a wash, but, you know, there there's times where you get that, that hitter that just makes all the difference in the world. And, you know, uh, if you had Jose Ramirez last year, you probably made the playoffs at least. <laughs> I would hope. If not made it to the championship game. So, um that's the deal. You know, you take the risk where you want to take the risk, and uh, I would be okay with one of those guys as my number one because I feel like there's some value down the line. Now, if that was one of those guys are your number one, you better have two guys ahead of them that can hit the lights out. Right. So keep that in mind.
0: Wow, how crazy is this? They They're canceling schools. Around this area. For those it's, of you who don't know, we're in and Colorado. And it's like 55 out right yeah, now. It's actually warm in my apartment, and I got the fan on and the window open. Yeah. They're starting to cancel schools out of fear of what's coming, and no one even knows who we're really going to get. I just love it. I just had to throw that in. I thought that was comical. People are telling me that they're canceling their kids' school. If they cancel our kids' or if they cancel school in this district, they might cancel our work. I, I, right. I, I'm not going to hope for that to happen. Plus, I would be terrified to actually not work tomorrow and get that far behind anyway back to fantasy baseball let's start moving a little bit quicker here i know we've kind of burned some time uh so after severino so we're now down to the number 10 pitcher that's carlos carrasco i don't recommend carlos carrasco to anyone i it's not that he's not good it's he's he's a lot like kluber but less reliable yep that's what i've that's what i've discovered i've had him at least a couple of times you know again these guys will pitch you some gems. I mean you talk about his numbers guy was seventeen and ten with a two thirty one e r a and a one point one three whip. This is why you have to go a little bit deeper than just the numbers you got to really look at what the guy's doing. He won eighteen games last year he won seven or eighteen two years ago won seventeen games last year that's fantastic, but if you don't have a consistent performance. The guy's ERA was three point three eight. No, that's not a disaster of an ERA. That's not even a bad ERA. It's a good ERA. But that's not a top shelf fantasy ERA. Yeah. In fact I'd say that's and again, that can be defense dependent. And you know what? The Indians didn't get better on defense this year. I don't think they're off I don't think the offseason did much of anything to get to improve their defense. So I just I, 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 this is not a guy that I would recommend at that early spot. I don't agree with that. Nate, feel free to tell me I'm wrong. But Well, I, I can't tell you you're wrong, but
1: I can't tell you you're right. I mean, it's just who knows, right? But uh, Carrasco's one of those guys. I mean, he had a stretch last season where I think he won like 10 or 11 games in a row. Oh, really? Yeah, or maybe that was two years. That could have been two years ago now that I think about it. But, uh, you know, he's he's the kind of guy that can go on a run. And also, being on a team like Cleveland, who's in a terrible division, uh, they're going to have a lot of success. So, sure. So, you know, it really for me, Carrasco, it's all about health with him. You know, I think he's more consistent, actually, than Kluber is. He doesn't strike as many guys out. Right. Right. But not he, bad, and he gets hurt a lot more often. He but does. He is able to pitch deep into games. He's one of those guys that can give you, you know, a complete game shutout from time to time. And yes, he uh, will.
0: He he will get you a, a com- yes. complete games Yeah, and those and are so far
1: and those are far and few between. I mean, really, there's probably like six, eight guys in, in MLB that can do it. Well, know? if you
0: get Kluber and you get Carrasco, you will lead your league in complete games, most likely. Yeah. Those two guys get a few.
1: Yeah, and Francona's is not afraid to let them pitch, you know, right. for whatever reason. Well,
0: they don't have the bullpen really to, to back it up. Well, they, they had Cody did, Allen and not and
1: anymore. Right. Not well, they no
0: longer have Miller. Or Cody Allen. And Cody Allen went, uh, where Cody Allen Angels. Go? He went to the Angels. Yeah. And we know Miller went to the Cardinals. Yep. Uh, so I don't even know who their closer is now. Is it uh, the guy they picked up last year? Yeah. Um, Oh damn! Man. I'm not even sure. Yeah, that's that's a tricky one. <laughs> that's not a good sign for 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 the Cleveland. Uh, I I, I want to say that I, I feel like they picked up somebody last year, possibly, and like it was like kind of a, a battle between who was going to be the closer, and they kind of went back and forth, and they must have just let Cody Allen go thinking this other guy is better. But <laughs> anyway, um, jumping along. So now these next four, I think these are a perfect example of where you have to make a determination on risk because these guys could all be fantastic number twos for you and in a huge stretch, maybe a number one. Now, one of two of these guys actually could be dominant number ones. I just don't want to depend on them. So these next four pitchers are, in, in order, Shohei Otani, who was the rookie of the year last year for his hitting, I think, not for his pitching, although he was fine at both. Uh, Noah Syndergaard, or we call him affectionately Thor. Patrick Corbin, who is now on the Nationals, no longer with the Arizona Diamondbacks. Zach Granke, still of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Three of these guys are actually fairly young. But I think these guys are, are wonderful examples of risk, right? Shohei Otani, uh, the guy only went 4-2 and two last year with a 3.3 ERA, and he actually looked like a pretty good pitcher. What I think the problem is is that uh, he hasn't completely healed, and who knows how long he's going to pitch. He may right. end up being a DH almost the entire
1: season. It looks that way, yeah. In
0: our league, if I'm not mistaken, he is draftable twice. He's draftable as a pitcher or as a hitter, but not both. That's how it was last year. I don't know what they're doing this year. Well, you can only draft the player once. Really? Yes. I thought that he was available as a hitter and then as a pitcher in our league last year. No, you can only draft, okay. but at the beginning of the week, you have to decide
1: what he's going to play
0: Ah, if it's okay. a,
1: in our league. Now, it may be different in rotisserie. I don't know how it works, to be honest with you. But, I got you. But when you draft him, you have him. No one else gets him. There's only one. Okay, but at the beginning of the week, you either got to be like, hey, I'm going to start him as a DH or a
0: utility or I'm going to start him as a pitcher. How weird was it last year to see him get torched in every way as a hitter and a pitcher in spring training? And then the guy was a monster for the first that's, two months. I don't think that's weird at all because I don't think spring
1: training really tells you anything at all. In my opinion, these days all guys are doing are working on stuff in, in spring mm-hmm. training. Now there's some guys that are the last they get start hot, maybe or something. They get hot and they just try to keep that going because they may be trying to make the team sure. or you know whatever it is or, or or win the position that they're you know after, but. You know, I, I don't think you can take a whole lot from spring training because it just doesn't translate. But, you know, I think Otani is certainly an interesting player to look at, especially if he's able to come back and pitch, you know. Right. I mean, boy, he had some great starts last year before he got hurt. He did. And uh, he I don't know if he ended up with 20 homers, but he had to be close. Twenty two.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he had 22 so, homers, 10 steals, batted
1: 285. A great value. You know, you could probably get a little further down the line.
0: Just so. got a question about how high do you have to draft him, and is he worth that draft? Pick? I, it's hard to say because you don't know until maybe a little more information comes out about is he going to pitch, right? How you nice know? would it be? Nice would it be to have him and say, you know what, I'm picked him as a hitter. He's a good hitter. He had a good year last year. I think he'll have a better year this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know what? Every week he has two starts, I'm going to throw him out there. Or every time he's starting to get somebody weak, I'll throw him out as a pitcher. Yeah. You know? That, it does give you some nice options. I
1: think so. What a great player with some versatility to have in your lineup. Now, don't draft him in the fourth round. <laughs> right. You know. Maybe next don't, year. <laughs> yeah. Don't draft him in the fourth round this year because you're just not going to get the value. But Sure. Um, you know, keep a close eye on on what's happening with him and his pitching arm for sure.
0: So next on the list is Thor, uh, Noah Syndergaard. Uh, This guy has got everything needed to be an unbelievable ace. Uh, It's not ever quite come all the way together for him. He did have uh, 13 wins last year, the second most of his career. He's had 14 one year. Big thing with him, of course, is the blazing fastball with lots of movement. But last year, despite the fact that he did get uh, 13 wins and uh, against only four losses, 155 strikeouts, didn't even top 200. Uh innings pitch were at 154. He's pitched about 150 innings three times and only thirty innings at other time. You know, there's a definite risk that comes with Thor. There's also the definite upside. If this guy imagine if this guy was on fire and had everything together, and so did DeGrom and the hit and the and the hitting and defense actually came around this year. You could be looking at at, at a pair of twenty game winners back a la Seaver and uh who did it with Seaver for the uh for the Mets. It was that one year. Didn't they have four 20-game winners that one one year? I don't remember. I I, I swear there was a year that they had four guys win 20 games for the Mets. Yeah,
1: I know Baltimore did it, too, or was close to it one year. Did they? Yeah, they had, like, Jim Palmer and a couple of those guys.
0: Oh yeah, maybe it was maybe it was the, the Orioles. Well, this is where it'd be nice if we had a stat checker. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> if anyone wants to apply for that job, we don't pay well. We in terms of zero, but uh I'll give you a free beer for when uh, when you when you're doing stats. <laughs> so, uh again, Thor as an intriguing option could be an ace. You could end up getting an ace with him if you picked him up, but you could also end up uh with kind of a disappointment. I have to say with him pitching 25 starts last year, which you know, that's a pretty good number. I mean, 30 is probably the most you're going to get out of a guy. Yep. And maybe 31, 32 at, at the – probably the very most these days. And, uh, you know, I mean, this guy just doesn't seem to be able to hold it all together. But his war was 4.0, which seems fantastic. You know, and But for pitchers it's a little different, I think, than for hitters uh, when you have a, a war like that. So, um, But, again, you know, could be just a, a massive diamond to get. Patrick Corbin is the one that I'm a little thrown off by, but the guy's got incredible strikeout stuff, so I can see why people are maybe high on him. But, boy, this guy has not really ever produced on that level to be this high ranked, in my opinion. How do you feel about him going to Washington? Well, I think he's a nice piece, and
1: uh, he's a lefty, right? Yes. So, you know, following Scherzer and Strasburg... He's going to get a lot of nice matchups, you know, being that number three guy. Uh, I know he took a pretty big jump forward in strikeouts last year. Very big. And so I think that's why people are looking at him the way they are. Um, And, you know, I think being on a team with Scherzer and Strasburg is certainly going to motivate him to keep those numbers up. So I I actually really
0: jumped almost
1: 80. I know. So that's do you.
0: Are you nervous about that
1: continuing? Oh, there's no way that's going to happen again. <laughs> I mean, can he maintain
0: where he's at? That's what I mean. Think, do you I think, think he can maintain 250? I,
1: I, I don't think 250. I think 250 is a career year for him. Yeah. But I, I think <laughs> he's. A, I do think he's a 200 guy
0: parentally. Yeah. Yep. You know. Yep. And almost had 200 innings two years ago. Did have 200 innings on the nose last year. So he's got versatility. Yeah. So you know what? He I did, like him. I think he he's did a have great that value. one injury year. You know, but he's other than that, he's actually been very durable. And it's yeah. amazing how one bad injury year can stick on somebody for a long time. Speaking of your hot fantasy performers or baseball players in spring training, Joe Panic and uh, and uh, the guy the Dodgers got Pollock. I can't remember his first name. Um, a J. Pollock. A J. Pollock. Yeah. They are both having. Really nice springs. springs, yeah. But you know what? Would I count on either one of them in the regular season? Well, not really. Although I'd love to pick up Panic as a as a middle infielder. Pollock, there's no way I'll be drafting him because he'll go higher than I think his value is. Which is the guy's going to get hurt. He's going to play a hundred games and he's going to get hurt uh, the rest of the time. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I can't take him before like the seventh round, and he's going to go in probably the fifth. So. Uh, But we'll see what happens. Uh, The next one on the list is the Zach Granke. This is kind of, to me, this is kind of the tier end. This is where... well, no, I'm have sorry. To make There's like list. three more guys I think probably really I, fit in there. I think but. you have
1: to make some decisions at this point. You know, like what are you looking for? Yeah, Are you wanting somebody that's a little bit older with some experience like a Grinky, that can probably give you a little more consistency? Or are you going to want to draft one of those young guys that, you know, could
0: come up and give you – Quite a great first half, you know. Sure. I mean, this guy has got such a wild I can't believe how long he's been playing, man. He's been pitching since 2004. He's been around. And you know what? He's been very consistent for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven years 15, 15, 17, 19, 13, 17, 15 for wins. You're going to get about 13 to 15 wins out of this guy. That's very that's very solid for your number two. It's exceptional for your number three, and the guy's going to get you some decent strikeout numbers. He'll probably get 200 uh, to 220, and that's that's not, I mean that's it's really a good solid guy to have. Yep. I would really recommend if you can get Granky as your three. I think you can have an unbelievable pitching staff. If you get him as a two, as long as you've got one of those frontline top five, six guys, and you throw in Granke, I think you got a real nice one two combo. I agree. And you can probably wait a little bit at that point to get your next pitcher. Uh, there's always the, the the enjoyment of getting even more amazing arms up early, but you get yourself two real solid guys. Granke is your number two. You're looking good. You get him as your number three. You're you're trying to win the ca- the pitching category every week. Yeah, so, I agree. Uh, I like that. Now these next guys on the list, um, to me, this is little, ends out the plausible number ones, probably more like number twos or like I said, even a number three. But if you had to drop down to these guys for your number one, you might survive, and that is Trevor Bauer and Walker Bueller. I think those two guys could conceivably still be a number one for you. Bueller, you kinda wonder if he takes a step back. Yeah. Uh, if he comes back. Sophomore not, slump. <laughs> I don't know if it's sophomore slump or maybe just regress to the mean. Mm. Just, you know, there's gonna be more film, gonna be more stuff. The guy does have some injury history. They probably don't want to push him too much on innings. Um so I think maybe not maybe not call as many breaking balls. Trevor Bauer, this guy is really underrated in my opinion. And I'm one of the people that underrates him constantly, and I feel bad for it every time I do, because the guy has got everything that you need to really to have a good year. He just is never going to get those exceptional win totals, but this guy has been, you know, in the 200 strikeouts now for about three years, and as long as he gets you double digit wins and 200 strikeouts, that's a real good number two. That's uh, an exceptional number three. You know, I mean, th- th- we're not even that far down this list now. We're already talking about if this guy's a two or a three. If you got 12 players in your league. I mean, my goodness, you could be down to Noah Syndergaard being the last number one starter, and that's assuming no one took anybody else. Right. So, you know, pitching goes fast. You know, the top-tier guys, get a couple of them. Get yep. two of these guys and get them in your lineup and locked in. The other two players that come after that are Jamison Talion and Blake Snell. Now, Blake Snell, obviously the guy's the Cy Young Award winner, but is he going to be that kind of pitcher again? We won't know until the pitching happens, right? Amazing year last year, One point nine eight nine ERA, 21 wins, uh, You know, 220 strikeouts, .97 whip. Those numbers you would think this guy should be in the top three, right? Why isn't he? Because right. he did it once. And until you see a guy really do things more than once, it's a real big risk because, you know what, you could have that Rick Porcello, right? The guy that just had that one year where it all came together. Not yep. saying he can't have another good year. Right. But not not a career year, <laughs> right, that may be the best year of his life, now, yeah, although he could I, he could become a site mean, he could be a, a hall of fame pitcher, we don't know, yeah, I don't know with with him,
1: I could see it I could see it come into fruition he is he's been pretty highly touted in the minors the last has. couple of years long time, and he long performed time. well on a not great team last year, so. Um,
0: it's just, yeah, the, it I think just... it's just the jump that would scare people. I mean, six and eight two years ago, five and seven the year after that, twenty one and five last year. Yep, that's a crazy jump. Strikeouts, 98-119-221. I mean, we're talking about next level jumps. Yes, but it could just be a late bloomer, like you were saying. I mean, he's yeah. twenty six. He might have yeah. just finally put it all together. It does happen. Absolutely. So um, again, I, I'm not. I would not try to dampen anyone's enthusiasm about him but I would not take him as your number one Ho- take him as your number two and hope that he's the real deal yep and can and take you a long way he because he certainly could um, that James talion that guy I loved him last year I was so angry when I didn't get him in the draft um, it's not that his numbers are not that crazy and I don't know what to expect from Pittsburgh this year but he did come close to 200 strikeouts. He got himself 14 wins. His whip was a 1.18, ERA 3.2. What do you, do you think this guy is too high up on the list? Yeah. Okay. I'm glad I'm not the only one. Yeah, no, I do.
1: I Again, he's kind of in the mold of Snell, whereas he where he was mm-hmm. touted so highly for years. Mm-hmm. And you know, he had some nice starts last year. Yes. yes. Uh, he's certainly a good pitcher. But is he a number one or even a number two? No, in my opinion, he's not. I think he could certainly trend that direction if he, you know, if he's able to make some improvements this year. Mm-hmm. But I mean, being on the Pirates, that's going to certainly hurt him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, I, yeah, I think he's up quite a bit too high, in yeah. my opinion.
0: And, and don't think that we're saying these guys can't have good years. We're not saying that these guys could. This blow is it out just the water our opinion. You and know, crush it. yeah. But it's just in in fantasy baseball, you really don't want to. Do what I did last year and have three pitchers that you are uber confident in, and then watch yeah. them bottom out on you because they just, you, you're, you're drafting on hype. And, and drafting on hype should be your four, your five, and your bench, not your top three. Right. Um, but again, it, not saying that you shouldn't take the guy, just wouldn't be my, my recommendation. Now, where we kind of drop off here a little bit, I mean, these guys are still good pitchers, no question. But now's where the questions really start to pop up. And the next one we got on the list here is Miles. Mikolas that mm-hmm. pitched for the Cardinals. Yep, guy came out of nowhere. He Never even heard he, of this He just guy. got a
1: big contract too. I think.
0: And the guy is thirty years old, and this is his first even good year that he's ever had. Uh, he was eighteen and four. You know, one hundred and forty strikeouts, two point eight three ERA. I'm just not buying it. Uh, good team. Cardinals are a good team. Good bullpen. Good organization. I'm sure Flash they'll do well. The <laughs> but I just I'm not. I wouldn't. I wouldn't sacrifice. Someone I had faith in for this guy. Right. Again, guy could win 25 games next year. I don't know. (laughs) But to me, he's way too high. Yeah. Uh, Next on the list is Rick Porcello that I mentioned earlier. This guy is getting some – this guy's moving up draft boards, and I'm not sure if I know why other than he plays for a team that's going to get lots of wins. He is 30 years old, and, I mean, his ERA was 4.28 last year. Yeah, he won 17 games. Yeah, he struck out 200 guys. Yeah, he won a Cy Young Award a few years ago. Obviously, as a number three, you could do a lot worse. Yeah, But, boy, as a number two, I'm a little nervous if that's my number two. Uh, For me, number three, and I would probably knock him down a few spots.
1: Yeah, I don't want him as my number two. I think think he's a great fit at number three, though, especially on the Red Sox.
0: He's probably going to catch you 12 to 15 wins. Right, right. Yep. Uh, next on the list is Mike Clevenger, another Indian. Indians got lots of good pitchers, man. You get a lot if you get all three or two or three Indians on your team, pitchers. Yep. You know what? Like I said, you're going to have some bumps and bruises when you have the bad starts, but hey, they're going to win probably 90 games again this year in that weak division. Uh, you know what? You get three of these guys, boy, you could you could see yourself with 50, you know three 15 win guys. Absolutely, absolutely. That doesn't really hurt. Uh, and these guys are all strikeout pitchers: Carrasco, Bauer. Kluber, and Clevenger, these guys are all going to probably get 200-plus strikeouts.
1: So. I, in my opinion, this is kind of the first guy that really sticks out to me, and and I probably have a little bit of a crush on him, but I, I no, honestly— No, I think he should be higher on the list. I think he should be a little higher on the list. I mean, his strikeouts are pretty significant the last couple of years, and I know he— absolutely. You know, it was—is he a starter? Is he a reliever? Is he a swing guy? Like, finally, last year he was—you know—actually, really, two years ago he found his groove
0: as a starter. But this this year was the only year he was really given a chance to be, to be a, full-time a starter, starter. full time, right? Now, the one thing I would say is here's a great example of what we were talking about with wins. He had 13 wins last year in 32 starts. He had 12 wins in 21 starts last year. Now he also had six relief appearances, probably got at least one win. In those relief appearances. Sure, sure, Now, his innings pitched, you know, he only had 137 strikeouts two years ago as opposed to 200 last year. But he also pitched 80 more innings last right. year. So he kind of added a strikeout for every inning extra that he pitched. So this guy's a strikeout and inning guy. Yep. To me, this guy could easily slide in your number two slot. Easily. And not worry, and not worry you. I'd be ecstatic with him as a yep. number two. Yep. yep. And ERA at 3.02, again, ERA are dependent on your team, but he had 3.11 ER the year before. Yep. The numbers are consistent. I think this guy is who he is, and you know who he is, and that consistency, we've talked about it so many times already consistency I, is
1: key. I agree, man. So yes. like,
0: like him a lot. There's, there's a big, I think for both of us, this is our, definitely our biggest jumper uh, so far is Clevenger. I think for me, the biggest faller is probably going to be, uh, well, Mikolas is probably my biggest faller, but uh, Italian is the one I probably has the least faith in, yeah. in, uh, in this year. I would say, give him another year, but you know, Italian's already 27. He hasn't broke out yet. He, you know, if it doesn't happen before 27, it it's doesn't un- happen. It's pretty unusual. You know, that, for that, that's yeah. why I don't trust that Mikolas, you know? Yes. And I hope I'm saying his name right. I don't know how to say his Mikolas, name. Mikolas, that's how Mikolas. I say it. Yeah. I mean, look at it. It looks like a Russian name, so I want to say it with a Russian accent. Sure, you know. sure. Mikolas, you know. Um, next on the list, boy, this is a guy I will not take. I love him uh, as a competitor, as a firebrand, but, man, Kyle Hendricks. I just won't go anywhere near the guy can get you double-digit wins, can get you single-digit wins, can get you 150 strikeouts, can get you 120 strikeouts. I, he's just not consistent. I don't even want this guy as a number three. My number four? Yeah, I'll take him. Yeah, But I wouldn't take this guy as a number three. I'd knock him down a good I, ten slots. I hear
1: you. He was supposed to be kind of the next Greg Maddox, you know, and uh,
0: just what, great cause he, control. Because he had that great postseason
1: run. Yes, right. But it seems like he's he kind of lost his control last year. Um, and I don't know if that was due to an injury or just some in- inconsistency or like what the, what that stems from. But right, uh, right, he's certainly probably ranked a little
0: higher than he should be. So, I tell you what; these next three pitchers, to me, boy, this is this is kind of what separates the men from the boys. I kind of feel like. Yep. Um, these are kind of boy. These are nerve wracking pitchers. So, uh, first is Mike Fontenotz for the Atlanta Braves. Uh, he's 27 years old. Nice year last year. Good strikeouts. Nice ERA. Good WHIP. Only 13 wins for a team that won a lot of ball games. Not necessarily his fault, right? But just saying that's not a whole lot of wins for a team that won so many. But that might have gone to the fact that he wasn't their frontline starter. A lot of injuries popped up. A lot of bullpen, um, you know, wins. So, but this guy, I tell you what, this is the this guy has been falling on draft boards. I'm not sure I know why Hmm. he's been dropping other than some injury concerns, Hmm. but he's definitely been dropping and dropping kind of
1: heavy. Wow. I didn't realize that. Yeah. I mean, he's another one of those guys actually real similar, kind of in the same mold as a Mike Clevenger where he does get a lot of strikeouts.
0: So here's an update. Uh, This is actually from yesterday. Um, His um, elbow has officially ruled him out for opening day. He will not be ready to pitch to start the season. Well, now, there you go. But now there's where you know elbow's scary for a pitcher. Elbow turns into UCL a lot. Yeah,
1: Tommy John. Right? But boy,
0: if an injury knocks this guy down an extra four or five rounds, yeah, now all of a sudden you get a bargain on your hands. I mean, that this is what we're trying to talk, trying to explain to you: a player that may be a albatross if you take them where they're ranked can be a gem three rounds later. Absolutely. Changes everything. Absolutely. It's all about the value you're getting for the pick. Yes. So when we talk about a guy not being so good or that we drop him down, realize that if they do drop down, they become a value, and now you can take them. Yep. That's what it's all about, man. One of the best players in our league, House, what he does all the time, every year he does this, yep. he gets six or seven picks where he'll draft when you go, Oh, that guy was still there? I know. And you kind of forgot about him for some reason. Right. Somehow you overlooked him, and he never does, man. He sees that guy and goes, oh, if he falls another round, I'm taking him. Yeah. Oh, if that guy falls two more rounds, I'm taking him. And he does. And uh, a lot of good teams have been the result. So, Next on the list. Now, this one, I honestly feel like I know less than any other player on this list. Only has pitched one year, so that's probably a big part of it. What a great freaking first season. I mean, my God. Uh mm-hmm. guy went... 16-6, and, and and he had 128 strikeouts, and ERA was a little high, but first year, uh, Ryan Yarbrough. Um, I'll be honest, man. I, I won't be taking this guy. Um, the only question is, does he qualify as a reliever, and he will be starting, or is he going to actually be in the bullpen this year?
1: And that I don't know. Well, he the reason he had so many wins last year is because he was like that second guy that came in. So they had... They employed an opener last year, Tampa Bay, as did a couple other teams, where the guy Milwaukee, would come, yeah. yeah, where they would come in and pitch one, two, maybe three innings, right, and then they would go to the bullpen and it would be like one guy for two innings, pitching by committee, for, basically, yeah, absolutely. So kind of a new strategy that kind of, well, I don't know if it's new, but it's something that hasn't been used in a while. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, so that was kind of his role last year. He would come in. I've, he probably pitched three or four times a week, Yeah, you know, and so that's why his wins are so high. So I wouldn't count on that number or even really close to the wins.
0: Right. Now, if
1: you look at his other peripherals, you know, his his whip and his ERA and all of that, I mean, they're still pretty good. Yeah. So They're not uh, bad. They're not great. I think he's ranked higher than he should be because of those wins.
0: Yeah, I think this is. I mean, even though this is supposed to be a points list, this yeah. is almost more of a rotisserie type guy. Right, right. Um, but if he does qualify at reliever, and I mean, because you could say maybe he's like Andrew Miller yeah. a few years ago yes. on the Indians, where he and the or Yankees was it Yankees he was on first. Yeah, yeah, and then went Cleveland. to Cleveland. The, didn't he start with the Yankees and then went to Cleveland? Yes. So he had like the two years back to back where the guy was just unbelievable, right. and uh, you know you could begin this with Yarbrough. I mean, he could be that reliever that's awesome. He could be my bet. My bet is at least in our league, this guy will be available a lot later. I would agree. Than here, yep. so uh, and the next guy on this is Andrew Henny. This guy, I don't know what to think of this guy. I don't know why he's up that high. To be honest with you, um, that's just I don't know why he's that high. Nine wins, four point one ERA. I he had 180 strikeouts, which is nice, but that's why. eh, That's just that's not enough for me.
1: It's not enough for me either. Again, you know these ESPN leagues are they're doing a lot of speculation as we are. Sure, you know, and they're you know they're trying to look at last year's numbers, look at the team that he's on. I think he, again, is probably projected too high. I think, really, he's probably a borderline number four, if not a number five starter. So, right. Yeah. 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 No, as, now, yeah. my number five. The sure. upside with the strikeouts, sure. I get it. He definitely has some. Yeah. And the Angels are going to be a better team this year than they were last year. So we'll
0: see what happens little surprising here. So, now here, I'm just going to run through a few names, and we don't have to look at their individual stats, but okay. just kind of what you think, because you're going to know these guys. Yeah. Masahiro Tanaka for the Yankees. Zach Wheeler for the Mets. David Price for Boston. I can't believe he's that low. Yeah. Uh, and then Jack Flaherty. Flaherty? I don't Flaherty. Know his name. Flaherty, And yep. then uh, James Paxton. We all know James Paxton. The guy has got all the promise in the world, but can he actually stay healthy again? I, I just don't have no faith in him. Yeah. Uh, and then Jose Barrios. And Berrios, man, he's only 24. Seems like he's been around for like 10 years. He's been around. He's got all the talent in the world. We're just waiting for him to finally bust out. I had him last year. I think you, Brian, had him two years ago. You might have had him three years ago. I mean, you know, 14 wins two years ago, 12 wins last year. The guy's good. He got he, he strikeouts over 200 last year. I don't, think he's a, I don't think he's a bad pick. I mean, if this guy's your three, I think you're fine. Yeah. But you know what? He's going to give you good games. And he's going to give you bad games. And that's 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 the crutch, is right. or the crux, I should say. Yep, is that you don't know which ones you're going to get. So uh, that could yeah, be. Yeah, it's little... like a poor man's uh, Kluber. Yeah, that's yeah. a great, great description. Yep. Absolutely. Um, Masahiro Tanaka, are you buying or are you selling? I like him. <laughs> He's you know sneaky for good. whatever reason he
1: does kind of seem to fly under the radar. Yep. Now, I know he's had some injury questions, mm-hmm.
0: but he always seems to pitch through them. 31 starts, 30 starts, 27 starts last three years.
1: And, you know, he, he has the ability to throw a stinker from time to time as well. Sure. <laughs> uh, I know that from experience because I've had him uh, on my team.
0: But uh, Gives up a lot of home runs.
1: I'll tell you one thing. I'm taking Tanaka day after day. Over a lot of those guys that you named, over a Yarborough, sure. over a Mikolas, a Haney. a Haney, yeah, any of those
0: Italian, guys. yeah,
1: yeah, I'm 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 heavy Tanaka.
0: So and for the guy, me, this the guy is a always good value. gets, the guy always gets between twelve and fourteen wins, always has single digit losses except for one year. Uh, and he always seems to be getting... Yeah, 150 to 200 strikeouts, yeah. right? Yeah, 150 to 200. I mean, it just kind of varies. Yeah, he's um, a great number three. I think he's excellent. a fantastic number three. three. And he could easily... One of these years, he could, he could easily pop up and have his uh, his 19-win uh, yeah. season-like. Uh, who's the guy that went over to the Twins after a while? From uh, the Yankees. Panetta? No. The white dude. Um, the he won, like, dude. 19 games... And then went to the Twins, or then went to the Twins. Like no one gave him credit for his 19 wins, but um, boy, I don't know. Oh, that's gonna bug me. Um, we'll I'll look it up after the show. Anyway, as a guy that yeah, I don't think he's pitched. I think he's. I think he retired. But Irvin
1: I, Santana?
0: No, no white guy.
1: Oh, white guy.
0: Um, it was kind of a square. Um. <laughs> I can't believe I can't think of
1: who it is. I know a lot of the Twins pitchers, so
0: yeah. I think he pitched for the Twins for about four years after leaving the Yankees, and he was with the Yankees for I think five years. But anyway, um, he had a couple of not real
1: Radke, Boof Bonzer, no <laughs> Boof Bonzer
0: <laughs> no. Oh man, see now it's just going to keep bugging me. I don't have time to look it up. Yeah, yeah. We'll anyway, uh, I, I agree. With you. Tanaka is a as a rock solid number three to get yeah, yeah. him or Barrios or even which number is he ranked? He's ranked at twenty five. Okay. Now David Price is the one that's ranked at twenty eight. That's a little confusing to me based on the year he had last well, year. Well, I think he and Tanaka should be ranked back to back. Yeah. Well, they, I they, I they do pretty ag- much are. I do
1: agree with that because I think they're almost the same type of pitcher. Now I think, you know, Price is a little more of a strikeout guy than Tanaka, probably.
0: Mm, I wouldn't I don't know. I don't know. He hasn't had high strikeout numbers for a while. Yeah. I mean, no, I shouldn't say not, not high, because two hundred's a high number. Um, only 177 last year and 30 starts. Oh, wow. You know? Yeah, that's shows, a, bit than a little less. I, but I feel like he's learned how to pitch better. Um, I don't know. I mean, 16 and 7 is a great number, but that could just be all the scoring the Red Sox did last year. Red Sox may not be nearly as good a team this year as they were last that's year. That's true. They've lost a lot of bullpen, and yeah. pitchers are getting older. So, yep. I mean... Uh, it, it's sale and price. I mean, those guys stay hot with Percello. I mean, obviously they should win a lot of games, but um, yeah, price is just price is low there. So I would, I'd be bumping price up. I'd be bumping Tanaka up. I'd be bumping Berrios up. Jack Flaherty, I, I don't know what to think of that guy. Zach Wheeler, I like, but I just don't know if I trust him on that team. Um, <laughs> it's not him. I don't have a problem with. It's just the team that he's on. Yeah, the Mets. Um, yeah. And he just these guys are not consistent enough to really warrant where they're where they're set. Right. What's really kind of confusing, and and James Paxton, I know he's amazing in terms of pitching, but that guy, dude, I mean, if you did the top of your head, what would be your prediction for how many innings Paxton pitches this year? I'd say like one sixty five. Wow, you're nice.
1: <laughs> well, you know, the that only would be reason, his career high. <laughs> yeah, and the only reason I think that is because the Yankees are lucky.
0: That's true. That's true. I mean, top 200 strikeouts for the first time last year, t- double-digit wins for only the second time in his career, 160 innings pitched most of his career. I- I- I'm throwing my lot in at 95. 95 innings pitched, and and I won't be taking this guy. So if you would like James Paxton, I, I wish you all the luck in the world, and he could be a great player, but he won't be on my team. Next on there is uh, Yanni Chirios.
1: Chirinos, yeah. but that's the
0: same kind of thing as uh, as as we had with Yarbrough. Yarbrough yeah. um, he's a reliever, so you know I'm not going to talk about him much. You can if you'd like to, but I'm.
1: That's no. Let's move because I, I got only yeah. about ten more minutes before I got to probably roll. So
0: so then Strasburg, Cole Hamills, and Dallas Keuchel, who doesn't even have a team. Um, Strasburg, is he ever going to be great? He was. He looked great in that partial season that they shut him down. He's never looked great since. He's a. He seems to be a really rock solid number three. He is, and he definitely is
1: also a uh, a great guy to get for your first half, and then try to trade away. Yeah, he's always good at the beginning of the season.
0: The guy has has only topped twenty five starts one time in the last four years. That's a huge red flag, folks. Yeah. Huge red flags. No durability means. Not worth the numbers. He didn't even get... He didn't even approach 200 strikeouts last year. Uh, if you get him late enough, he's still worth taking. Mm-hmm. But, boy, those ERAs have not been impressive. And, yeah, man, I tell you what, since that second year when he looked amazing coming back from the surgery, great 2012, and then, boy, it's just... I don't know. I mean, he's had a couple of 15 and four years. That's I mean, that's that's plenty good. It's just... It's not... Not what we were – we didn't get the package we were told we are getting. Right. Um, Cole Hamels, no reason to doubt him having a, pretty much the same year, I would think, than he had last year. Nice number three, fantastic number four. Dallas Keuchel, boy, you know what? I might take him even if he's a free agent. Boy, stick get him 12 rounds later than he should go. Throw him in there. He could be a steal. Yeah, nice number five. You know, It'd be a real solid number five if he gets picked up somewhere. Carlos Martinez, we've been over this before. We don't know what he's doing. Relieving, starting, nobody knows. So once we know that, we can decide.
1: I think the Andrew Miller signing definitely helps them make a little bit of a decision there. I agree. And I think you'll see him probably start slow. But I think if he just progresses and continues to progress, he will be a starter by the end of the year.
0: Yeah, I mean, he has had his 14-7 and seven and 16-9 and nine years when he's got a full slate of starts. And the guy was approaching 200 strikeouts and even hit it once. So... You know, another guy that could be a nice little bargain. He's still only 27. He's got time to to rebound and, and, and go back to who he was. Uh, Jacob Junis from Kansas City. i got to be honest, I don't know that guy very well. You don't know either? Well, I, <laughs> I'm not drafting anybody from Kansas City this year. <laughs> <laughs> yep, good point. That, that In fact, that's a good piece of advice. If they're that bad of a team, don't pitch them. I certainly would have considered Perez the catcher. Yeah. Because he's probably
1: one of the better catchers But now out losing there. him,
0: my goodness, now the pitchers don't even have the great catcher to throw.
1: They to. are going to have – yeah. There there might be a few prospects there that you could reach for. And obviously, as yeah, is, is a good – Oh, yeah, for hitters, sure. Yeah. Is he still with Kansas City?
0: Yes. Okay. I believe he's outfield in second base okay. for Kansas City. Yeah. Um, you know what? Uh, Kansas City is the kind of people that you look for in your – rounds uh 20 through 26 sure and uh pick up a guy just for a flyer right Luis castillo for cincinnati i don't i have a lot of faith in him but i, I i'm sure he's okay he's just it's the reds they're terrible ERA i think massive i think the reds
1: <sighs> will have a nice th- a little nicer little year this year well i'm sure and adding, i like
0: him better than i than you do the three players i mean adding wood and puig and camp would make any a team that's atrocious better yeah. um but yeah i don't i don't think i would probably draft him i'm not early this early anyway uh chris archer pittsburgh man what do you think about archer i mean how many how long have we been waiting for this guy to be amazing well i think
1: we know what he is now so yeah. i think that's a probably a pretty good ranking for him actually i think he's probably right where he should Whew.
0: be i mean i know he's been hurt but yeah Boy, this guy is, doesn't get a lot of wins. He had one
1: really good year, and he's really just not very good after five innings.
0: Well, and you look at the fact that this guy has more uh, years where he had impressive loss totals than win totals. I mean, he has nineteen losses <laughs> one year. Mm-hmm. You know, nine and 19, 12 and 13, 10 and twelve. That's who he is. He's not. Don't 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 pick him for anything. But but end of your bullpen, uh, German Marquez, all the way down at pick forty. I'm guessing because it's in Colorado, but my goodness, I I love this guy. And why haven't and come think of it, why have we not seen why isn't Freeland on this list so far? Because he's in Colorado, but he was amazing last year. He was yep. better than German was. Uh huh. That's just boy, German and Freeland, man. Move those guys up your list and get them two rounds before yeah, they're going to the, go and get a nice little
1: bargain. The Rocky ESPN just doesn't give due diligence there because. Those are – they're both really good pitchers. And I, I think if you are excited about Kyle Hendricks and you think that, that he's going to be a good player, I think Freeland's as good or better. Yep. And in the same mold, that type of pitcher. So. I think that
0: they're both better. Yep, absolutely. Yep. yep. Um, Just running through some names. Joe Musgrove, Pittsburgh. Uh, temper expectations, I think. Yeah. Uh, be- feel free to tell me if you think I'm wrong. Uh, Ross Stripling, great pickup because he'll be probably a reliever and spot starter. Nice little guy to have uh, to throw in on occasion. Um, Madison Bumgarner won't touch that guy with a 45-foot pole, man. That team is bad, and he's damaged goods. I know he had one of the most amazing runs in history uh, in the playoffs and then in the regular season even uh, for a team that wasn't all that great. But, uh, boy. 4 and 6 wins the last 2 years. And not that all that's all his fault, but I just I think he's I think he threw his arm out. Uh kind of like Matt Kane did. I agree. Uh Eduardo Rodriguez for Boston, nice young guy to pick up who will get some wins for you. He's moved him up the board.
1: I got him as a sleeper. I like him a lot. Yeah. I like him absolutely. Yep.
0: Charlie Morton, Tampa Bay. I like Charlie but not in Tampa Bay. <laughs> Uh, I don't know what the – Tampa Bay ended up being a surprisingly good team last year, but yeah, I, I don't know if I trust him. I like him. Charlie Morton more than you. but I well, Yeah, but you've had him on your team, and so you like and him. And he's been successful. So, yeah. uh, But he was pitching for Houston, wasn't
1: he? He was, yeah. But he's the kind of guy that he's probably got to be 32, 33, even 34. Um, yep. Yep. He's been around for a long time. but The guy throws 97, and he has some nasty – off-speed stuff so when he is harnessing his pitches he it's worth starting him he's gonna yep. he's gonna get you eight strikeouts and and you know a few wins so uh i like him better a than nice this number position. one bench guy to me yeah.
0: you know number one bench starter that, oh, I can, that i can rotate
1: i'll take him as my number five all day long number
0: five yeah oh right. yeah i'll go along with that yep uh next is shane bieber hey i am a believer. I am a believer in Shane. This guy's going to be good. I, I don't know if he'll be year. good this year, but he's going to be good soon. Yeah. Uh, boy, if he's a dynasty league, get that guy. Yep. Uh, Jose Quintana, man, it. You would think everything is in, in line for that guy Re- to be great. Rebound. Yeah. Expect a rebound. Uh, last three pitchers to get us to fifty. J. A. Happ. I don't agree with that, except that he plays for the Yankees. Alex Wood. Uh, I. Nah, I think he was lucky that one year with the L.A. I agree. Uh, Nick Pavetta. Love Pavetta. He should be higher Great on this list. Great value. Great yes. value. Yeah, I mean, having him one spot above John Lester seems like a travesty to me. Um, again, he was 7-14 and 14 last year, so people are going to look at his, his win totals and be like, oh, he was terrible. Right. Um, no, uh, this guy, is. he's got everything needed to unlock a masterful season coming up. And he's young, and he strikes out a lot of guys. Mm-hmm. So we're, that gets us to 50. Um you know, there's a couple of names that pop out underneath that 50, but uh, we'll stop with there just so we can do a real quick closer review or or reliever, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, number one on this list is Edwin Diaz for the Mets. Is Are they going to be in enough games for him to get enough saves? Yeah, I think so.
1: Again, the Mets, they've been so bad the last couple of years and so disappointing <laughs> that it's hard to, you know, it's hard to believe in them. Right. But, I mean,
0: the talent is there. Well, I mean, so he had fifty-seven saves last year, I know which, is, he, I which know, is
1: amazing. I know he did. That's um, why he's high. So, but that was for, list. but that was for Seattle it in was. a pitcher's
0: ballpark with good pitching and a, and a pretty good team. I mean, they were yeah, at least good 500. defense, real yeah. good defense. Yeah, I mean, they traded away some good defense. I mean, Sean yeah. Segura and Cano and um, I can't yep. remember who was playing center for him, but then D Gordon um, was D
1: Gordon. Yep. was playing the outfield. He was playing center, wow. and then their second, whoever they had at second base, got hurt. Oh, so they moved Cano. D back. That's right. Or yeah, it was the suspension.
0: Oh, that's what it was. Suspension.
1: Yeah, and so then they did. They ended up moving him to uh,
0: to uh, back to second. So uh, obviously, great year last year. We'll see if he can do it in 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 New York. Uh, so I, I'm terrible with relievers, man. I don't know half of these guys. Blake Trinan, Trinan, Trinan yeah. from Oakland. Yep, thirty uh, year old closer is always kind of a concern. Um, but Oakland's Oakland plays a lot of one-run baseball, so I could see that being a good pick. Uh, Brad Hand, we know what he can do. Oh, he's the Cleveland closer now. That's why they got rid of Cody. Hand. Got it. Yeah, Hand is Hand. Well, we know from the time in Baltimore, the guy is very good. Under behind Britain, or you know, but he still was great when Britain got hurt. Uh, Kenley Jansen, I had him last year, and you know what? It was so funny because at first he was such a disappointment. I was out of my league by the time he came around, but he actually was fantastic down the stretch. Ended up with, I think, the second most saves in baseball. Yeah. And uh, had a, and actually had a really good year. And you know what? It's very possible that the downtimes that he had was related to that heart issue. And he went and had surgery. Should they think they got it fixed. He's on medication. Uh, they think it's all fixed. If it is, he could very easily go back to being the Jensen that we knew. He is 31, but... I don't think it was ever his ability or his body uh, in terms of his pitching body last year. I think the heart thing, I think it scared him. And I think when you're scared and you're not focused, that's what happens. I agree. So um, then Felipe Vazquez for Pittsburgh. I don't know anything about him. Can you help me? (laughs) Felipe Vazquez? Oh, yeah. A lot of saves. He's a stud
1: i mean thirty seven saves. I mean really he's very similar to to uh a roll this
0: Chapman ah, okay, looks like he's from the same place too
1: and he's yeah, and he's a lefty and he throws really hard and oh a lefty he, yeah he's gonna be uh he's gonna be a, a stud I want him I would want him on my team he's certainly a top five if yeah. he, if
0: he's they've not. got him ranked yeah. at five um next we've got the abuser Osuna dropped by the uh that's Blue right. Jays, but he was picked up by Houston and they didn't blink an eye. They were like, yeah, we don't care what he does to women because we just want the good pitcher. Uh, we know he's got skill. Assuming he doesn't he get does. himself suspended, uh, there's no reason he shouldn't have a great year. Yeah, uh, He's a goofy-looking dude, though. Man, he's yeah. weird-looking. Well, that's probably why he did what he did. <laughs> <laughs> His lady was like, you're an alien-looking motherfucker. Yeah. All right. Um, next on the list is Kirby Yates. Uh Boy. For boy, San Diego no faith, man, no faith, no faith, but boy, San Diego could just really, really, really surprise, surprise. some people next yeah. year. I that if they I bring think up the guys, two years away, but I, I do, agree, I do still think
1: they'll surprise next year. But I mean, that division, man, I mean, the Rockets, Arizona, are and, good, and, and Giants are and, terrible, so that'll yeah. help. Yeah, yeah, they should true. have a,
0: they should easily slide into number two or number three. three. Yeah. So give
1: him a good shot. I, I don't know Arizona isn't gonna be as bad as people think, I don't think, but yeah, Boy, I mean losing goldschmidt and and Pollock.
0: yeah, it's tough. Whew. It's tough. We'll see uh but you know, who knows right yeah, um then the next on the list is Craig Kimbrell, who's a free agent. Why in the world is this guy a free agent? Why are the know. Dodgers not signing this guy? I don't know, but I've heard the twins are players so that forty two be- saves last year. He a point nine nine whip. He always gets 40. That's the first time he had 40 in four years. But, I mean, he's always close. Yeah. Well, yeah. 46, 42, 50, 47, 39, 31, 35, 42. Yeah. <laughs> How does this guy not have a job? Yeah. I, well, he's only 30, too. Probably costs too much. Oh, maybe 126 strikeouts last year. Yep. Jeez, man. How many blown saves did he have? Oh, it doesn't say on it. Oh, no, it does Three or four, I suppose. They had five. Yeah. That's not that bad. No. I mean, overall like five over, or less. over all those games, no, that's, yeah.
1: that's five's fine. That's
0: just a travesty. Um, Razio Iglesias, guy we thought was going to blossom into a good starter, but apparently he's going to close now. Um, probably better suited to that, honestly, in my opinion. Uh, I like him a lot. I actually think, yeah. you know what, those teams that are not so good, are great teams for closers man like the Rockies man every year they when they weren't really competing yet their closers kept leading the league in saves i mean yeah. Wade Davis and Greg Holland and i mean just it just happens yep. um next number 10 is a roll as Chapman he's number 10 wouldn't you think being in new well is it because he's in new york and they're going to be ahead by too much probably he's probably gonna
1: yeah he probably and they just have so many arms Right. You know, they, I mean, he's probably their closer most of the time. Yeah. But you're right. There's not going to be a, they're going to blow a lot of teams out. Yeah. You know, I just, yeah. But he, I mean, and a, he's good. 100 but.
0: strikeouts and 35 saves isn't really a stretch. I mean, that seems like it's better than 10th. Uh, yeah. It should be better than 10th. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, hey, maybe can get him nice and late. Sean Doolittle and Jose LeCirque? Leclerc? Leclerc. Le- Le- Leclerc. Mm-hmm. I don't honestly don't know. I know Sean Doolittle. He's old. Uh we'll see if he can do it. But I think they also picked up uh Who's he with? Is he's, he's with Washington. Washington. Okay. Didn't yeah. they pick up uh what's his name from the Cardinals? The their old clothes? Roventhal? Yeah, they probably did. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't trust him. I don't know if I would trust him to get the saves. Yeah. Um, Jose mean. Leclerc, I don't know him. Texas. You know, it's another team that's probably going to have a lot of games that are decided late. Yep. His ERA sure was nice last year. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I don't like I said, I don't know enough about closers uh, to really say. Um, boy, he sure makes a lot of appearances and yeah, he's got some pretty good uh, strikeouts. Are not whether you want them to be for a closer, but you know what? It doesn't mean they can't have a bust out year. Jose uh, Alvarado for Tampa Bay. I don't think you can trust anybody in Tampa Bay being the closer. Um I you know I I, I don't know what to say about him. He had eight last year so. Yeah. Who knows? Um it's just hard to predict. Surprisingly next is David Robertson with Philadelphia. Yeah. Um I Philadelphia should win more games. Michael Green Givens, excuse me, Michael Givens uh closing for Baltimore. Now Baltimore which was a surprise performer for a couple of years in a row. There It was a disaster last year, and maybe two years in a row now. So, was it or was it? Was it two years ago they were good? No, and they kind of they kind of flirted with the yeah. Yankees. Yeah, two years ago. But then last year, just the wheels fell off, yeah. and it, it's probably going to get worse. In fact, I think they lost Adam Jones this year. So, yeah, uh, they're, even... they're 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 going to be the worst team in that division. Although Toronto could push them, <laughs> right? Yeah, boy, Toronto sure just bottomed out when they could have been good, but their pitchers all just crapped out on them um cody allen is now with the angels i'll bet he does okay yeah i think so i I think he's lower than he should be that's a nice second closer i think um ken giles for toronto i don't know what to think toronto could get smoked a lot i don't like him very much at all he was so inconsistent in houston yeah archie bradley for arizona i like him i think that's a nice pick right there it's a nice number two he's he's nasty and could just you know he didn't really have any saves last year so i guess he just didn't have the position last look year look at that what the beard oh uh no wow well little football news for well, you and there goes my phone <laughs> oh it ran out of power yeah uh you know plug it in over here sure um i got to got to plug oh okay um and uh, so anyway what nate just You want to tell everybody what you just saw?
1: Yeah, uh, apparently uh, Odell Beckham Jr. just got traded to the Cleveland Browns, folks. Uh, Boy, now Baker Mayfield has himself a legitimate weapon. If they don't make the playoffs this coming year, it's a huge disappointment. They should fire everybody.
0: Pittsburgh should bottom out this year. I mean, they just lost their number one receiver and their number one running back. Cincinnati's terrible. Although, I guess they had Juju Schuster, and they're going to have James Patterson. Yeah, so no, this is – this is be right. Cleveland better win their division this yeah. year. Baltimore should – well, Baltimore actually could – They'll still be playing. How you feel decent. like Baltimore's defense is really going to – Anyway, that's not had to do with yeah. baseball. <laughs> right. We'll talk about that on our Saturday show, of course. Um, Archie Bradley doesn't get the saves, hasn't ever before. Obviously, hasn't had the position before. Um Boy, he sure got some strikeouts, but uh, he has
1: incredible peripherals. I, well, yeah. I mean, I had him last year, and he just couldn't get out of that setup role. He, you know, yeah, he they, no matter what, and I think they did it on purpose because he's young. Sure. So, but I think they've been grooming him, and uh, boy, he's going to be good. I think he's a top ten guy, in my
0: opinion. Now, do we know as so Andrew Miller is dropping down the list? I wonder why that is.
1: Probably an injury. Yeah, he's yeah. getting old.
0: Uh, do we know is he supposed to be the closer? Or is he setting up? I I don't have any idea. That's a great
1: question. But from from what I read, yes, he is supposed to be the closer.
0: Okay. Boy, he didn't. Boy, yeah. I mean, two years ago, he still had a nice year with Cleveland. But last year, boy, those are not good numbers. I think he was hurt. Yeah. Does it say he's hurting now? I had him.
1: I ended up. I ended up dumping him after 2 months cuz he didn't do anything so bad, yeah.
0: yeah. I don't know. They, they I don't see any news about him being hurt or anything. So I'm not sure why he's falling.
1: Well, maybe they said he's not the closer now or he's going to or it's closer by committee. Yeah, so you he know, always, always hate hearing that. Yeah, it could be a lot of different things. Don't these
0: guys know we're playing fantasy
1: baseball and I know. We need these guys the to The Twins, we don't even know who's going to close for them yet, so I'll
0: be picking him. Um, let's Trevor see. May. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, think we don't, because we don't have any idea. Um, Colin McHugh is now a reliever? McCuff, I mean? I didn't know that. Um, the last one on here I would just say we needed to talk about is uh, Wade Davis yep. for the Rockies. Yep. I just was just talking about this earlier, just a few moments ago. The Rockies closers, man. They are always getting a ton of saves. It's just a good situation. They also
1: get a ton of blown saves. Yeah,
0: yeah, going to happen. But hey, six or seven blown saves he's, for forty for forty saves is is not
1: bad. Yeah, depending on your 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 pitching situation, I think you can actually get by with Wade Davis as your number one reliever. Absolutely, you know, absolutely. I think he's no he's, question. Yeah, he's going to get you forty saves.
0: You know, what, for a closer, it's really all saves. Nothing else. I mean, strikeouts are nice, and 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 icing on the cake. It's all saves and closers. Well, I saw last. It's funny because you know
1: one of the strategies that's been employed over the years in our league is you know a lot of guys they'll qualify at relief and. And re- and starting. Right. And so, you know, oftentimes it's a big advantage to have a guy that can start and he has two starts and you're able to put him in one of those relief spots. Right. Well, last right. year there was, I can't remember who did it, but there was a guy that had Yarbrough and they were putting, he was a starter and they were, I'm sorry, a reliever at the time. And they were using him as a starter. Oh, he qualified and to get he would come starts. in and he would pitch three or four times a week and get wins. So that, that right. is a good theory possibly to employ in our league with
0: a guy like a
1: Yarbrough. Sure.
0: Yeah, you can get a guy who you do get points for holds. So if you get a guy that does pitch yeah. a lot as yeah. a middle reliever, yep. you know, like the was a- it Andrew Miller. Who was the guy from the from the uh from the Brewers the unbelievable year oh, last year? Yeah. Jeffers uh, or Jeffrey H- Hader. Hader, that's it. Yeah. Jeffrey Hader. Jeff Hader? I don't know what his first name was Josh. Maybe Josh. I think you're right, Josh Hader. Yeah, with amazing hair, man. That guy has some flowing locks. So yep. that I, I, you know, I I've noticed that a lot of the flowing lock pitchers like are good, Thor. except for yeah. except for Gray. Gray just can't put that crap together, man. All right, I think that should do it for this uh, program. Yeah, we got through a lot of pitching. Uh, only got through 50 starters, but you know what? That's the, It's important to get your first three out of those 50, man. I just I can't stress that enough. There's just not enough depth. I know everybody hates to hear it, but you don't want to. You know,
1: you don't want to get stuck with your first pitcher in the sixth round or the yep. seventh round. Yep. You yep. know, and disaster. I, and I know it sucks to sacrifice a second round pick for a guy that could be a, a transcendent hitter. Yep. But pitching is just so important. I can't stress it enough. You have to have a number one guy.
0: I mean, I had three compete. dynamite hitters last year in Machado, Benintendi, and uh, Nolan Arenado. I ended up getting Verlander in the fourth, and that saved like, – he had a fantastic year. But, boy, that was a big risk I took. And then my second pitcher was uh, uh, Hugh Darvish, and he obviously was a complete and utter disaster. And you know what? I didn't really recover from that. So getting that one and two I think is critical. Mm-hmm. And for me to get in the one, two, three by the 10th round, I, you have to do it. You, you, there's there's too many you. hitters down and
1: there. And I'm actually – I'm probably going to draft a reliever a lot earlier than I typically do this year, too. Me, too. Yep. 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 got to Just
0: got to shore it up, man. It's just, just it's become it, an important just position. at least one. I got to have one guy right. that's like a shutdown closer, you yeah. know? Yeah. Of course, I thought that – I was I thought I was getting two of them last year with uh, – I got Kenley, Kenley Jansen and I got the, the guy from San Diego, I, I think know. it was, and that didn't really work out. So, yep. Well, again, Kenley ended up being great, but it just didn't work out early. So – All right, everyone, thank you so much for listening to our special here on Fantasy Baseball. We will probably do one more of these next week to get you ready for your draft. We'll review a couple of mock drafts. We'll review those, uh, you know, while, while it's always important to review those top picks, those top four or five rounds, we'll probably focus more on the six to 15 rounds. Look at where you know your team, where the meat of your team is going to come from. It's where you win your draft, buddy. yeah. You know it's like you got the ham hock, you know, in those first few picks, but you need the bread, <laughs> the lettuce, the de mayo, the mayo, the mustard. Those are your that that's your six through fifteen. You gotta you gotta do that. You can't mess that and, up. And
1: you gotta have good mustard. Got it, Dijon. Yeah, Dijon, Jerry, not this yellow stuff.
0: <laughs> All right, thanks so much. Thanks again, everyone, for tuning in, and uh, please uh, keep your ears and eyes open on Twitter to catch our. Uh, The other Fantasy Baseball special will do. Nate, thanks so much for stopping by. And, uh, hey, everyone, good luck drafting. Offensive out.
1: Where's my mouse? There it is.